Lord, thank you for Paul and his family. Lord, we just thank you for the word that you've put in him. And, and, and Lord, we're opening our ears now to hear from you. Release your word and everything that's in your heart today from Paul. Lord, we want to receive you by receiving him. Lord, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Travis. Good morning, everybody. How are you all this morning? Good. Good to hear. Awesome worship this morning. I think Josh was, he must have been listening in the spirit. I was singing that song, that Amazing Grace song yesterday, just spending time with the Lord. I was like, uh, there was something on that this morning. Um, well, cool. Are you guys ready? <laughs> you ready to go somewhere? We've already been somewhere. Let's go somewhere else, too. Um, let's just pray real quick. Father, I just, I just thank you for your presence here. Lord, we're after your presence. It is the number one pursuit, Lord, of our body. Your presence, Lord. And we just ask, Holy Spirit, you would just keep coming, keep moving, keep ministering. Help us to hear and to see where you're going. So we want to follow in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, hey, guys, uh, I know some of you guys are disappointed. I'm not doing a part two this time of uh, uh, the Ephesians 117. <laughs> you guys probably not remember. Uh, <laughs> we did that. Uh, I do have a part two. We'll do it another time. But I um, uh, hope you guys are still praying that prayer. The Ephesians 117, um, but the Lord kind of dropped something in my heart a couple weeks ago, and I, and, uh, I think it's like a timely word for us, and, um, and uh, whatever he says is trumping whatever I think is a good idea, you know what I'm saying? So I just want to share this morning, I'm not sure how, I mean, yeah, we'll be all right. Um, I was just spending time with the Lord a couple weeks ago and just asking the Lord. I was, I was praying a specific prayer. I was, you know, how many of you guys know, like, uh, we only really want to be doing what he's doing because that's the thing that's going to be successful, right? And um, so I was just, you know, we've got a lot of stuff going on within our body, you know, which is awesome. We've got a lot of meetings that are going on and a lot of things going on. We're, we're seeing growth in our body um, spiritually and, you know, numbers wise, we have a lot of, a lot of visitors, although it's ironic that today we don't have any first time visitors, but I think it's the Lord because I think the message what I have today is for us. It's for, it's for our body. You guys hopefully are calling this place, your home, your home body. And, um, I think this is a message from the Lord for our home body. Does that make sense? Um, so Anyway, I was, I was spending time with the Lord, and, and I was just praying a specific prayer. I pray this a lot, but I was just praying this, um, that, Lord, that you, would, that you would help us to be working on the things that you're working on, and that you would be preparing, we would be preparing for the things that you're bringing. And uh, I was just praying that just over and over, Lord. We only want to be doing what we see the Father doing. We only want to be putting our hand, our energy, our time to what you're doing. And Lord, help us to be in preparation for what you're bringing because we don't want to miss what he has for us. 
And, you know, we got, we've been targeting a lot of things in prayer, like, uh, you know, that persistent widow prayer, right? Um, and one of those things is, you know, for God to move in our midst. And as I was praying this prayer, uh, this thing, uh, you know, it was just the Lord just dropped this thing in my heart. And um, it was like this whole picture. Uh, and it was the picture of, you know, when Jesus first called the disciples, if you remember, and we'll get into the story, he was teaching from Peter's boat. You guys remember that? And then he tells Peter, hey, why don't you go out a little bit and put your nets down and um, see what happens, basically. In that story, Peter was like, you know, but Lord, I mean, we've been fishing all night. We didn't catch anything. But because you said it, I'm going to do it. So he goes out and he does it. And then they pull in a catch so huge that it started to break the nets. And I just, this whole picture kind of just played out in my, my mind's eye as I'm praying this. And I'm like, Lord, what are you talking about? And he's telling me, he's like, Paul, prepare, prepare for what's coming. And, I, and he's saying, and he just started unlocking a lot of the symbolism there. And we'll get into it. We'll get into kind of more in detail the symbolism of it. But, you know, I really, uh, and I just felt this kind of like urgency and excitement from the Holy Spirit to prepare, that we need to be in preparation mode for this catch that is about to come and that he's going to be bringing. And um, has anybody else been feeling that? Anybody else feeling like a, I don't know, this like expectancy. There's, man, there's something about to break. And, um, you know, we want to be wise. We want to be instead, we want to be like the wise virgins. We want to be ready when he comes for his coming, right? We want to have our lamps filled and ready. And uh, I feel like the Lord just, he kind of dropped a couple things in my heart about like what we can practically be doing. Because I'm, you guys know me by now, I'm very practical. I'm like, Lord, don't let it just be theory. It's got to be real life. I got to walk this out in my own life. What does that look like in real life? And um, it's great to have revelation and stuff, but it's got to be real. It's got to actually come out of my life. I've actually got to be practically applying it somehow. And, uh, and the Lord knows that about me, and, and, and I feel like he's given us some key things that we can practically be doing in preparation for this, this catch that he's, he's sending our way, okay? Um, so if you got your Bibles, let's, let's turn to Luke 5. And we'll just kind of break down uh, this portion real quick. I'm going to start on verse 4. All right, it says, When he stopped speaking, he said to Simon Peter, Put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a haul. And Simon Peter answered, Master, we toiled all night exhaustingly and caught nothing in our nets. But on the ground of your word, I will lower the nets again. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. And as the nets were at the point of breaking, they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and to take hold with them. And they came and filled both, both the boats so that they began to sink. So you guys know the story. This is a very familiar story to you guys. 
but uh, th- this was basically the picture that the Lord kind of dropped in my heart as, as I've been pr- I was praying this. And he broke down three things to me and he, that we can do to, in preparation for what the Lord's bringing. And number one, it's we need the Lord's timing and his direction. And number two is we need to strengthen our nets. And number three is we need churches, ministries to partner with because this thing is going to be so big, it's going to overwhelm us. And um, so I'm just going to break down a couple of these things, these three points here. And uh, imagine that I got a three-point sermon here this morning. And it was the Lord, okay? It wasn't me. <laughs> um, but number one, we need the Lord's timing and direction. Okay. So the Lord specifically told Peter when and where to place his nets. This wasn't on accident. You know, the Lord, he, he does things very different from us. A lot of times we like to be in control. We like to use our, our logical mind. Well, what makes sense here? What do I do here? And, but God doesn't necessarily work that way. And we want to be only doing what we see him doing. We want to hear what he's saying, and that's what we want to say, right? That's the Jesus model. And so we want to be asking and pursuing him, Lord, where do you want us to place nets? What are you asking us to do? When do you want us to put it? Because in his timing and in his direction, that's where we're going to see the catch. You know, it says that Peter and these experienced fishermen and Andrew, they were fishing all night. They didn't catch anything, he said. And Jesus just said, hey, go over there, drop your net, and see what happens. And then they pull out this massive catch, probably the biggest catch they've ever caught in their life. And they're like, wait a second, that doesn't make logical sense here. We were just fishing all night long, and we didn't catch anything. We go to one specific place at this specific time, and we get a catch so much so that we aren't able to handle it. That's how God does things. That's how the kingdom works. You know, a lot of times we, we like have these ideas that are really good, but they're not necessarily God. And um, we, we step out with these ideas and we try these new programs just because like we see a need and we're like, man, that need right there needs to be taken care of. We need to get something together. We need to put some kind of group or program together to meet this need. It's screaming in our face, and we do this with, before asking the Lord, Lord, are you wanting us to meet that need? How many of you know if we tried to meet every single need <laughs> that there is within the body of Christ, within, our, within Wilmington, we would run, run ourselves ragged, and we'd probably fall apart. We only want to be doing what he's doing for our body. You know, he has a specific thing that he wants our body to be doing. And so I feel like the Lord's like saying, be sensitive to what I'm calling you to do as a body, when to do it and where to do it, because that's when you're going to see this increase. So it's almost like a prioritization of like where we spend our time and our energy. This is important. 
And I'm saying this because, and I'll get into this, the enemy loves to make Christians busy. Because we have this wrong idea, it's the world's idea, actually, I see it in my workplace even, that if you're busy, you're productive. That is not how the kingdom works. You're productive when you follow the king. When you're doing what the Father is doing, saying what the Father is saying, that's when we receive increase. That's when we see success. And success isn't even necessarily how the world defines success. It's his success. It might be one person coming to know the Lord. It might be one seed planted. Or it might be a huge catch that overwhelms the boat. All right. So Psalm 127.1, unless the Lord builds the house, they who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord guides the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. We don't want to be laboring in vain. You see, Simon Peter in verse 5, it says, Simon Peter answered, Master, we toiled all night exhaustedly and caught nothing. We don't want to be doing that. We don't want to be running around exhausted exhausted by just trying to make something happen instead of just waiting, listening, and moving. This is important. I'm telling you guys, because when the catch comes, we will be overwhelmed with the need of people. There will be so much need, it would be impossible for us to fix and to to meet. We need to see and hear and be listening God, where do you want me to place the nets? Where and when do you want me to place the nets? What do you want me to be putting my hand to? What do you want me to be working to? Because I'm going to tell you right now, it's still going to be work, right? Ministry is still work. But it's like there's a difference between work with no results and, you know, empty nets and then work with a full net that you can't, it'll be overwhelming, You're still going to be working, but there's a joy that comes when you're partnering with the Holy Spirit and you're doing the work. It's that same when Jesus was telling the disciples at the woman of the well, and he said, I have food. Remember, you guys remember that? And he says, I have food that you don't know anything about. It was the joy of following his father and seeing this woman at the well minister to and getting touched. That was his food. There's a joy when we're working in partnership with the Holy Spirit and we're seeing God touch people and change people's lives. So we kind of like, it's sort of not work, you know what I mean? It's work with fulfillment, you know? And there's a reason why every single one of you guys are here in this body, here in Wilmington. A lot of you guys aren't even from Wilmington. I'm not from Wilmington. I didn't even know where, what Wilmington was until we kind of moved out here. I've never been here that I know of. Um, um, but God, there's a, there's a timing. There's a reason why you guys are all here right now. Here at Morningstar, or dinky little church here in Wilmington. There's a reason. And um, it's an awesome reason. There's an awesome catch that is coming. And we've been praying about it for 15 years. I know I've been praying about it for 15 years. And we're beginning to, to I don't know, it's just, it's just ramping up, uh, you know, lately. And um, so anyway, so following the Lord's time and his direction will help us not labor in vain. 
And um, number two here. So we need to strengthen our nets. And I asked the Lord, Lord, what are the nets? How do we, what's, what's a, what are these nets that you're talking about? What is the nets in this picture uh, with the fishermen um, symbolize? And immediately he said, it's our relationships. And um, he said that you guys, we really need to work at building and strengthening our relationships. And the reason why, and he was showing me this, he said, Paul, as, a, as the, the Peter and Andrew, they were pulling in the nets, the nets, they were beginning to break. There, were, there was such tension and such like um, weight to this big catch that it was stretching. And he was saying, Paul, like, this catch is going to stretch relationships. You know, I don't know if you guys ever been in, in uh, times where God's really moving uh, in a place. It stretches relationship. Sometimes it even kind of, and it sounds weird, but it like sometimes messes up churches. And it's like, Lord, why do you bring like a, like a move and then it messes up church? You know, but it's kind of, I don't know all the answers to that why, that, why he still does it. But there's an ultimate bigger picture, I believe. But when this catch comes, it's going to stretch us. It's going to tax our relationships practically. It just is. And I feel like the Lord's saying, build those relationships now. Strengthen those relationships now. Strengthen those nets now while you have time. Because you won't have time when the catch comes. <laughs> okay? And this is what we've been talking, we've been preaching this, gosh, for years now. You guys know this. That's why we started the home groups. That's why kind of our, our, our cornerstone home group uh, scripture is Ephesians 2.22, where it says, In him the whole structure is joined, talking about Jesus, bound like a net, welded together harmoniously, and it continues to rise, grow, and increase into a holy temple in the Lord. And in him and in the fellowship with one another, you yourselves are being built up into this structure with the rest to be a fixed abode, a dwelling place for God by his spirit. That's what we're doing with home groups. And the Lord showed me when we first started doing home groups, I guess it was at 2010 or 12 or something like that. Uh, he was speaking to me. He's, I saw 222 everywhere. I mean, even the gas. I remember I was pumping gas, and I was seeing 222 all day long, and then I was pumping gas, and it was $2.22 a gallon. I mean, I was, it was ridiculous. I was like, okay, Lord, what are you talking about? Ephesians 222, he said. And then all of a sudden, he dropped a picture in, in my heart of, of the map of Wilmington and beyond. It was like Pender County, Leland, and, you know. And there were all these tiny little nets all over the map. And I'm like, Lord, what are these nets? And he said, these are the home groups I'm planning. And they're going to be able to catch what I'm bringing. This was back in 2010. And, uh, or something like that. I can't remember the exact year now. It's been a while. And he's saying, build these nets because a catch is coming. And I was, I'll be honest, I wasn't thinking about this at all when I was praying and when the Lord kind of dropped this picture of, of you know, these net, the net, uh, Peter's net. And, uh, but he was saying the same thing. Build these relationships because within these relationships, first off, my presence is maintained 
and held within our relationships. The manifest presence that we've been praying for, for God to come in such a way, it will be sustained within our relationships with one another. And we can do stuff proactively to build these relationships. And obviously, one of them was starting home groups, getting together, getting past Sunday morning, the facade at Sunday morning, or ministry meetings you know, that we have. None of those things are bad, but you know what I'm talking about. When we get down to real life, when you actually get to know somebody and their junk and their good stuff, and you help them through it. I mean, when you get into the trenches, I'm telling you, home groups... That is where real ministry takes place. If you are not in a home group, pray about it. I'm not going to bring any condemnation here. This isn't a home group message. (laughs) But you need to be rightly connected to the body. This is going to strengthen the nets because when the catch comes, if you're not strengthened, And I don't say this out of fear. I'm saying it's out of encouragement. If you're not rightly connected, the net is going to break. Because the enemy will come in, do all kinds of crazy stuff. And that's number one, probably one of the number one things the enemy comes and does is he tries to break relationship. Because if he knows if he breaks that net, that the catch is lost. So he goes after relationships. He starts speaking lies and accusations about your brother and your sister. And you're like, and you start believing them. Wow, maybe he did mean that when he texted me that. Or, man, maybe they, what did he mean by that? You know, all this stuff. And the enemy just kind of comes in and he starts like attacking relationships. The, the Lord is saying, strengthen those relationships. Get together. Get to know, with, get to know each other. Spend time with one another. Pray for one another. Get each other's back. All right. Do life together. So um, we need to strengthen our nets. So let's spend time. You know, it takes time to build relationships. There is no substitute for time in relationships. You can't just like go to a Sunday morning and say, yeah, I'm part of the body. Yeah, I just I go to Sunday service. Or yeah, I, I went to the women's meeting this week and, you know, I'm, I'm part of this body here. All those things are good and they're part of it, but relationship takes time. It actually takes sacrifice. You're going to have to sacrifice some things. You're going to have to prioritize God, what are you doing? Okay, are you, if, you, if this is really you, and I encourage you guys, pray about what I'm saying. Be like the Bereans. Search it out. If this is the Lord. But pray, Lord, and ask, Lord, what do you want me to put my time and energy to? What relationships do you want me to invest in? Because it's going to take sacrifice. You're going to have to lay something down. You're going to have to lay, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like... I don't know, art class, or you might have to lay down, like, you know, all these, like, temporal things. The Lord will show you. I mean, I'm not saying there's, like, some kind of rule or rhyme or something. I'm just thinking with our own family and stuff, like, certain things you have to sacrifice for for family, for relationship. But the Lord will show you. You might have to, like, I don't know, uh, 
take extra long uh, lunch break or something like that. That's not much of a sacrifice, right? <laughs> but you guys know what I mean. We're like, oh, man, I got this thing, I got this thing. Yeah, what is the Lord telling you to do? Is he telling you to do all those things? Or is he telling you to invest, go grab coffee with so-and-so, go to home group this night or whatever, or go to the women's meeting, go to the men's meeting. Invest in these relationships. Strengthen these nets. Let's like really set our eyes on why you guys are here on earth in Wilmington right now. Not on these temporal things that are still good. I mean, I love like, you know, going out on my jet skis or on the boat and stuff like that. I love the water. But these things are temporal. That's not why I'm here in Wilmington. I'm not even here in Wilmington to, to work for the hospital. I work for the hospital. That's not why I'm here. I'm here to see God move, to be part of a move of God that's going to be greater than the Welsh revival. I told the Lord when I moved out here, Lord, I don't want to move there unless you move. He said, Paul, just move. I'll move. <laughs> I said, all right, God, I'm holding you to it. I don't, know, I don't know what Wilmington is. I'm not from the South. So anyway, um, it's going to take some sacrifice. I think even in the Bible, and I haven't kind of gone into this deep yet. I'm, I need to do a study on it. There's like a, a fellowship offering back in the Old Testament. There was like a sacrifice of fellowship. And that kind of uh, interesting sacrifice. You, ever, you, ever, you guys heard of that? The, the sacrifice, the offer, the fellowship offering. You guys heard of that in the Old Testament? They had all those kind of offerings. I need to study into that, but there's something there. There's a sacrifice to building a relationship, but it's worth it. It's worth it. There's some of you, and, and I'm going to be straight up with you. I was feeling this this morning. There's some of you guys here in this room today, and some of you guys watching online that you are stunted in your purpose and your growth because you aren't rightly connected to the body. That you've tried to see success in ministry in any other way except being rightly connected to the body because of many reasons. I'll be straight up with you. Because we all carry it, myself included. Some of it's rejection. You've been rejected from the body. You've had times where the body has been abusive or the sheep bite, right? So you shy away. But the Lord wants us to get over that stuff. You know why? Because he loves our purpose. You know, he loves and cherishes our purposes and our plan, the plans that he has for us. Because he's the one who invented them. And he wants us to walk in them. All right. And you guys have heard me. I'm a broken record about this. If you are not rightly connected to the body, you will never walk in the fullness of your, of your purpose because your purpose was designed from the very beginning of the creation of earth. Your purpose was created to be interdependent with the body. That's how he made us. That's why they used the, he used the symbol of the body, right? And you guys heard this analogy. I say, if I cut off my arm and I throw it in, into the, uh, the parking lot over there, my body's still going to be functioning and working, but my arm is going to shrivel up and die. If you're not rightly connected to the body, if you're not fitted in the place where you fit, you're going to eventually shrivel up and die. 
All right. Strengthen. I mean, if anything you guys hear today, this is what I felt like the Lord was saying. Strengthen your nets. Get ready. This catch is going to be huge. All right. Number three, we need churches, ministries to partner with. Okay, verse seven, it says, they signaled to their partners, right? The Zebedee brothers, James and John, they signaled them, say, hey, come over here. We need help. Our nets are breaking. This is too huge of a catch. And when they came over, they helped them, and it filled all of their boat as well. You know, there's this weird idea, and it's the enemy, that like, if we partner with other, or like there's like this competition, or there's like, I don't know what the fear of losing people, or people taking other people. I mean, it's craziness. You know, the religious church, the, it's the enemy ultimately, but he like keeps churches divided out of all these things. And I, and I felt like the Lord is saying, you guys don't need to fear about that stuff because the catch is going to be so big, it's going to fill all your churches. And you're going to need them. We're going to need everybody. Are you guys hearing me on this? We're going to need everybody, not just the pastors, not just the leadership team. We're going to need everybody. This move that God is bringing is going to overwhelm the body. If the pastors were trying to do all the work, they'd probably die, I'm telling you. All right, we already get kind of overwhelmed sometimes, and our body's not too too big. Can you imagine, like, if, like, when God moves, we need everybody. And that's something like, you know, we need to, we need to be praying about that, God. God, who do we partner with here in Wilmington? What are the ministries and the churches that we're supposed to partner with and we're supposed to lock arms with and we're supposed to, to do this thing with? And... um because we're going to need each other. And um, so that's just something, that's a prayer point for you guys. I pray you guys will be praying that. Lord, help us to get connected with the right people. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be straight up with you guys. Like since I've been here, it's been tough getting connecting with other churches, with other pastors. It's been tough. And I think it's just the enemy just trying to, to keep us separated and not helping us to, you know, he sees the potential when we get unified, when we work together to see God move here in this city. So we need to be praying for this because how many of you guys know that our unity is different than the Holy Spirit's unity? You know, we sometimes get all these pastors together or we try to get all the, and it's like all on our own strength and we're trying to get people to get along with one another. Hey, meet this guy. We try all to do that stuff. But I'm telling you, if it's not the Holy Spirit, it's going to be impossible to maintain that. So we need the Holy Spirit, the spirit of unity to really help us as churches, as pastors to be, become unified. And we need, we need to be praying about this. Lord, join us with, with these partners. Help us to like each other. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Help us to actually have a heart for one another. Help us to actually be brothers and sisters and not these, this weird kind of competition or weird kind of like, how's your church doing? Oh, my church doing. I, you know, it's just weirdness, religious junk. Because... Just like we are a body, like a physical body, you know, the body of Christ is even bigger. These churches have different purposes and different focuses. 
just like we have a different focus. You know, I really see our body as like an eye. You know, Port City might be like the hand. Or like Global River might be like, I don't know, the, the foot. I don't, you know what I'm saying? But we're all together one body. We need to function together in one body and be ultimately connected to the head and be listening to the head. Jesus, help us to get connected. Where am I, where's my place in this? You know, because we might be there to, maybe there'll be a move and we're there to equip and to train people to walk in the prophetic and the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, one church might be the, equipped to do the, to the evangelism and, you know, all that kind of, like we don't have to do everything. We can't do everything, but if we work together, we're going to be able to, to see this catch, fill our boats, transform our city and beyond. All right. So how do you strengthen, build nets with, with, uh, with one another, how to build relationships? Consistently spending time with one another. Like I said before, there's no substitute for time. Acts 2.42 and we read this scripture over and over. This is a home group. Uh, Josh, he, he preaches this one. I'm going to jump on this, Josh, okay? They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' te- teaching, to fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. There's a couple key words there. Continually devoting themselves. Continually. There's a consistency that needs to take place. You, you guys, if you know anything about the science of relationship, consistently, consistency is what builds the bonds. Meeting weekly, talking daily, whatever, texting, whatever, how you guys connect. I don't know. I don't really like texting, honestly, but like calling people on the phone, talking to people, hanging out with them consistently, not just like, oh, I'm going to go to home group, man, once this month, and then man, you are never going to get connected. <laughs> if you think you're going to go home group once a month, you're going to be like never connected. You're always going to have this surface relationship, always. And there's never going to be real growth. Growth comes through consistency. It's a discipline. We don't like that word, but the Holy Spirit enables us to do this because I'm, I'm not disciplined in a lot of areas of my life. I need Holy Spirit. But he will enable us to do this. So consistently, right, devoting ourselves to the apostles' teaching, to getting together, to hanging out, to breaking bread, and to prayer. And Acts 2.46, and day by day they regularly assembled, regularly. Do you see that word, regularly? Day after day. They regularly assembled in the temple with a united purpose. And in their homes, they broke bread, including the Lord's Supper. They partake, partook of their food with gladness and simplicity and generous hearts. This is a picture of the early church. This is a picture of a healthy body of Christ right here. This is a model. Now, our society and our culture is, is different, but it's going to look something like this. A healthy body of Christ, where we actually have our, our eyes and our heart and our devotion on eternal things and not on the temporal. 
where we stop busying ourselves with what the world says is important, and we actually put our time and our energy to eternal things that are going to last forever in the kingdom. When we go to heaven, we're going to see people. We're not going to see any of this stuff. We're not going to see soccer practice. We're not going to see um, going to the movies. Now, don't get me wrong. None of these things. Eating crabs. Oh, well, we will be eating crabs up in there. Come on. We've got some blue crabs in heaven. <laughs> you touch the button there, man. <laughs> hey, eating crabs is like a fellowship time. Come on now. We spend, I spend hours with people eating crabs now. No, thanks, really. No, that's, but that's true. That's right on. Where the God, I mean, that reminds me of that scripture where, you know, the God is, their stomach is their God. Where all the desires, all these silly things we run after that, like, don't really mean anything in the big picture. Now, none of these things are bad. Please don't get me, don't hear what I'm not saying. (laughs) All these things are still good. You know, I love crabs. (laughs) I love blue crabs. And I love seeing my kids, like, doing art and doing sports. I love all that stuff. But it's like, you got to bring these things before the Lord. You know, we don't live by any law other than the law of the Spirit. Holy Spirit, what, what do you want me to put my time to? What do you want me to put my energy to? And then making a decision even if it hurts. Because it's good for you. <laughs> He ultimately knows what's best for us, all right? So number two, positioning ourselves to experience God together. This is another way that we can practically strengthen these nets. Position yourselves to experience God together. Go to home group. Go to times of worship. Some of the most strongest relationships that I have with brothers and sisters, people that are completely opposite of me, are the people that I experience God in powerful ways with. It is like a glue. It is called koinonia fellowship. When we experience him together and we have communion with him, and I'm not talking about just the bread and the wine thing. I'm talking about spiritually when we have communion with our father as kids, as brothers and sisters, it's glue to our relationship. It is strengthening the nets. But you've got to position yourself to be in those times to experience God. Get together together with somebody chunking out guitar chords, going after the Lord in worship. Come to like any kind of meeting where there's worship together. I'm telling you, worship is like like awesome time to experience God together. We had many times with the worship team. I remember back, back in the day where we would just get, get, get alone in my, at my house and we would just get together and we'd just go after God together and God would show up and it was knitting us together. And we didn't even know it. I didn't know what was going on. I just know, man, wasn't God awesome? Man, wasn't his presence awesome? Or he starts giving you prophetic things that change direction of your neighbor, your brother's life. You start getting dreams for them, for their destiny and their purpose. That's how we're supposed to be operating. That is the potential of how we're supposed to operate All right. Be determined to know each other according to the Spirit. This is another way. 2 Corinthians 5, 
16, therefore from now on we recognize no one according to the flesh. Ask the Lord to show the people that you're connected with who we are by the Spirit, not just the natural, because we got a lot of junk in the natural, but that's not how the Lord sees us. You know, when he called Peter, he saw Peter in all his mess. Anybody watch The Chosen? You see Peter in his mess. Jesus did not see Peter in his mess. He saw Peter, Acts 2, preaching to 3,000, seeing a harvest of 3,000. That's, that's how Jesus behaved and treated and interacted with Peter. We are supposed to be interacting the same way with one another. We should be praying, Lord, show me who Joel is in the spirit. Help me to behave, interact, encourage what you see him doing in the spirit. Not all his other issues. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Joel. But you know what I'm saying. This is going to strengthen the net. Because as you get to know one another, as you actually spend consistent time with one another, you're going to see that everybody's got flaws, even the pastors. Even the pastors have struggles. Even the person who gives all these crazy words of knowledge and you see healings take place regularly, even they have some struggles. Even they are human, and even they need to be rightly connected to the body. And the enemy is going to come alongside and be like, look at this guy. He's struggling with this sin. He keeps falling into the same sin every week. And the, and the accuser is going to come, and he's going to accuse the brethren. So we need to be on guard by seeing by the Spirit who God says they are and then behaving and interacting with them accordingly. All right, this is strengthening the net. All right, and pray for those who are planted, you're planted by. Pray for those people that are in your home groups, that are in your body, that, are in the, that you're connecting with at, at women's meetings, at men's meetings, because what's going to happen is you're going to gradually catch God's heart for those people. It's not going to be instantaneous, but as you consistently give yourselves, devote yourselves to praying for one another, you're gradually going to have a heart for the people that you're placed around. And guess what? That position, positions you to be used by God in a powerful way in that person's life. And especially be praying for those people you don't get along with. Because <laughs> God's going to trick you, and you're going to actually start liking them. I guarantee you. It's impossible not to spend time with God and be praying about somebody that he loves to not start loving him. I'm telling you, it's impossible. So if there's somebody that you're not really liking in home group, I'm going to be real here. Some people, some of you guys don't like some of the people that you're in home group with. That's okay. Start praying for them consistently. Hold, I, hold me to this. I, I'll put 100, 100 bucks on that. I guarantee you would start developing a heart for them. It's impossible. You get in the presence of God, you start, he will trump everything. He will trump your emotions and your feelings and your opinions. All right. All right, and last thing here, and then we'll wrap this thing up. So be on guard from the enemy. So uh, you know me, I hate pointing out the enemy. He's such a punk. But sometimes we just, we can't be like um, what, unaware of his schemes. You know, all this stuff we, we say all the time. 
But it's true. We can't. We need to be aware of like his, his little silly tricks that he tries to, that he does trick us with, honestly. We need to be on guard. And the first one we talked about was, is tricking us into thinking busyness equals productivity. We need to be on guard. I'm telling you, we need to be on guard with this thing. Busyness. It will steal from your intimacy with the Lord, and it will steal intimacy with one another. Now, being busy when it's inspired by the Holy Spirit is a totally different thing. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about like thinking, oh, I got this thing, I got this thing, I'm so busy. And there's almost sometimes there's like a pride associated to it because I'm so important because I'm so busy. We need to get past that silliness. We need to be busy about what he's doing. Putting our hand to what he says is important. And what he says is, is inter- eternal. So let's be on guard with that. Be praying about, practically praying about, Lord, do I do this or do I do that? Bringing before to the Lord all these things that we're, we're doing right now. All right, another thing the enemy tries to do. He tries to keep you separated from the body. First Peter 5.8, be well-balanced, temperate, sober of mind, be vil- vigilant, and cautious at all times, for the enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a lion roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and to devour. Now, you know, Peter's not saying this, Holy Spirit through Peter is not saying this to be a, for us to be afraid of the enemy. Okay, let me just clarify that right now. He has been defeated, stripped of all authority by the power of the cross. We don't need to be afraid of the punk. But at the same time, he will come like a lion. And he's looking just like a lion. And we've talked about this before. You guys watch nature right on PBS. Where like you got the gazelles all like having fun, eating, jumping and all that stuff. And there's like this lion just hanging out in the, in the brush, just hanging out. He's just waiting. What's he waiting for? Stragglers, right? He's waiting for the stragglers. The loner. He's going after the loner. He's a punk. You think he plays by rules? He goes after the weak. He, he kicks us when we're down. He's a punk. He goes after the offended. Ooh, that's a good one. When we get offended and we separate ourselves from the body, he goes after you when you do that. He goes after me when I do that. And he takes us out. Some people for years. I know some of those people. And they get completely sidetracked from the calling of God on their life, on the why they're here in Wilmington in the very first place. Because they got a simple offense. And it started off a little. And it just kind of gradually backed up a little bit. And then the enemy just feeds, accuses and just festers and it grows. Man, we need to get past that. Because he who separates himself seeks his own desire, Proverbs 18.1 says. And, I, you know, I told you the kind of, I showed you the, the gruesome picture there of cutting off my arm, putting it in the, in the parking lot, all right? I don't need to do that again. You guys got that picture visualized? <laughs> you know, because when we do separate ourselves, Proverbs 18.1 is saying, it's out of selfishness, really. We're being selfish. 
Because guess what? The body needs you. We need each other. I need you, Rayleigh. You need me. We are interdependent. I will not walk in the fullness of my calling unless I'm connected with you guys, and you will not do the same. All right. So let's not be fooled by the punk, the lion that's looking for us to, to whatever, get offended or separate ourselves, all the reasons why busyness will even separate us. I'm so busy, I can't do anything. And um, because, you know, the enemy, he knows that he has been stripped of his power. Did you know that? He knows he's been defeated. He is completely 100% aware that all power and authority was stripped away from him at the cross and the resurrection. It's not news to him. He knows that. So how does he get to us? He gets to us by dividing relationship, by throwing out lies. He knows that when the church is walking and built together, that the gates of Hades will not overpower it, right? Matthew 16, 18. So he comes and he tries to divide. All right, so that's what I got. And I feel like it's the Lord. I think we need to be preparing for this. Prepare. We need to be strengthening our nets. We need to be asking the Lord, just, just laying our schedule, literally, I picture that, laying our schedule before the Lord. Like, Lord, what do you want me to be putting my hand to? Now, I'm not saying you have to go to every single church activity that there is, okay? That will in, your, in, in itself might, like, wear you out. <laughs> Especially as we're growing and we're doing awesome new ministries and stuff like that. But here's one ministry I want to encourage you guys. Do not sacrifice for other things. That's home group. I'm telling you, it is the net. Because when, when the lost come to know the Lord, the home groups are going to be cleaning the fish. The home groups, not the pastors. The home groups are going to be cleaning the fish, discipling, getting people set free from their junk, getting them stable and, and feeding them the word, getting those newborn babies filled with the milk of the word, right? It's going to be the home groups. Sunday morning and all those other activities and stuff like that, they're going to be part of it, but home groups are going to clean the fish. So I encourage you guys, lay before your schedule, Lord, what do you want me to be putting? Why am I here in Wilmington? What do you want me to be putting my hand to? What are the activities that you want me to be part of? You are Lord of my schedule. You are king of my schedule. Direct it. Okay? And I can't answer this for you. Travis, Josh, we can't answer this question for you. You've got to ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we're led by him. He will show you what, who and what to be putting your time and energy towards in relationship to strengthen these nets. He will. He's really good at connecting us if we allow him to. So let's just do that right now. We're just going to pray. 
And I encourage you guys, just pray with me. And this, let's just lay it out there to him and just ask him, Lord, how can I practically do this in my own life? How can I strengthen the net? Who am I connected to? Who am I bound to in this net that you're, you're weaving here in Wilmington? So, Lord, we, we just lift this up to you right now. First off, we just we thank you for the privilege of being part of what you're doing. It's awesome. We love to be a part of what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, that you've called us here to Wilmington for this purpose. That we're not here by accident. That you didn't just call us here and just leave us alone. That you have a purpose for us here. Help us, Lord, to be connected rightly to the people who you want us to be connected with. Lord, we lay out our schedule to you. We ask you, Holy Spirit, be Lord of our schedule. I pray, Father, that you would just lead and guide us what we're supposed to nix and what we're supposed to actually start doing, where we're supposed to start going to, who we're supposed to actually connect with, who we're supposed to reach out to. Help us strengthen these nets, Lord. We want to maintain and collect the catch that you're bringing. We thank you for it. And pray, I pray, Father, as a church, Lord, you would help us connect with the churches and the ministries that we're supposed to connect with, the partners that these boats are going to be so filled with that, that will be sinking in a good way. So, Holy Spirit, I pray you would just lead us, guide us, set up divine appointments. Speak to us. Convict us, God. Holy Spirit, we're inviting your conviction. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We're so grateful for this opportunity to be part of this thing. And we are like that persistent widow, Lord. We say, come. Keep coming, Lord. Come like you promised. That we would see this huge catch, Lord. That we would be part of it, Lord. I don't care if I'm just like hanging out in the boat. I'm, pu- I'm pulling in the catch. Lord, I don't care if I'm the, the fish cleaner. Lord, we just want to be part of it. Give us a heart for this move that you're, you're bringing here, God. Burden our hearts in prayer for it, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray there would just be a supernatural grace on our hearts and on our lives to labor and to pray this thing into, into being, Lord that we would see this move greater than the Welsh Revival here in Wilmington, North Carolina. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. Amen.